0: Welcome to Paradigm Shift, the podcast about the intersection
1: of business and law. By changing yourself, you can change your business. Now, here's your host, Christina Martinez.
0: Today, we are going to be continuing our conversation with Simon Townsend, who is a technology CMO. And we're going to continue to discuss our working environments due to COVID-19 and whether the remote work boom That we have been experiencing since the beginning of the year is going to change the way we work forever. As IGEL Technologies Chief Marketing Officer, Simon owns field digital and product marketing functions at the company. With 20 years of experience in the end user computing market, Simon has helped manage marketing, product marketing, product management, and global systems engineering for several enterprise software companies. Simon joined iGel from Avanti, where he was chief technologist and a member of the office of the CTO. A frequent industry speaker, author, and visionary on various industry topics, Simon's roles include defining and delivering corporate, field, and product marketing strategies. At AppSense for over 11 years, Simon also served as the company's vice president, product management. He holds a bachelor's degree in IT and business from Bournemouth University. It's my pleasure to welcome Simon Townsend back to the show.
1: Hey, great to be back. Thank you for having me.
0: So we talked a lot about a lot of things in our last segment. It was a fantastic conversation. I'm really looking forward to delving into part two. And so one of the things that we discussed in our last session was about the security issues that are posed by people working from home. So many of us obviously have been doing it now for a number of months. We're well over 100 days in throughout the world at this point. But, you know, some of the workforce has been working remotely for many years now. And I think it's safe to say that it has become the new habit for all of us and that we've been forced to become at least Reasonably proficient at it. Can you just tell our listeners a little bit more about what we touched on in our last segment? And that was with regard to security issues. There are a number of those types of issues that working from home present. Some of them are obvious and some of them are maybe not so obvious to our listeners.
1: Yeah, yeah, sure. So when it comes to IT and it comes to security, it's, it's, it's obviously a large topic of conversation. You know, organizations have got data stored in numerous different locations. They've got servers and networks, and then they have PCs and laptops, the workspace that the user uses. I won't go into, you know, some of the security concerns around, you know, should we have things in data centers or in the cloud and how secure our networks? But I will focus on, you know, the item that, and the device that people are using every single day, particularly when they're working from home, which is typically their their laptop or their PC. And that's what I would refer to as the, their digital workspace, right? Their, their Windows machine, their Mac, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very simple. When that machine is sat in an office, a corporate office, along with another hundred or another thousand machines in an office block, they're plugged into a network and they belong to a network that the company owns and that the company protects. And there are these things called, you know, firewalls and, and and network switches and virtual network switches, et cetera, that are there to protect our users and protect our company data. The moment those PCs go remote, all of a sudden they're out of bounds. They're outside of the corporate network. They're no longer behind the corporate firewalls. And in the same way that you know, a user could be using their laptop from a Starbucks, we've now got all of our users, in many cases, now using that laptop on their home internet connection. Mm -hmm. And that means that that device suddenly becomes significantly more difficult to secure. And it becomes significantly more difficult to manage. But it becomes, sadly, a lot easier for an attacker to make a move on a particular individual and that particular device, and so what we're seeing is that this term ransomware continues to exist. And I think a lot of people will remember back in 2016 there was this big piece of ransomware that took over the world. Mm-hmm. Um, it started on a Friday night, and all of a sudden, it had taken down you know the whole of the UK's. Health service, it then spread over into France and Germany. Eventually it went completely global. Millions and millions of PCs were infected by this particular virus called WannaCry. And it was um it was it was a global piece of ransomware that caused havoc. And following that in 2016, the word ransomware popped up time and time again in the news. If you're in IT you'd hear, oh, here's another university, here's another local government, you know, and it might have been, you know, a Florida state government, it might have been the transportation system, I think, in in San Francisco went down for two or three days, and they had to let everybody travel for free, because they were held to ransom. And in 2016, it was quite commonplace to hear about, oh, another ransomware attack, another organization who have been taken down, and they've lost earnings, and even some of your even some of the healthcare organizations in the states got hit by it right and it was quite damaging from a a brand point of view i mean it cost organizations millions but sadly it hasn't gone away and and in fact if anything 2020 is starting to see another increase in the amount of ransomware that's going on and it, a lot of this comes down to the fact that the people that are out there committing these crimes and creating this ransomware, they know how vulnerable and how easy it is to take advantage of an employee who sat at home at their kitchen table with their laptop, reading their emails, trying to be productive while shelter in place is going on. And they get them to click something or do something that perhaps they wouldn't have normally done when they were in you know, their working environment and, or when there was a firewall or a piece of technology there to protect them. And so, sadly, what we're seeing at the moment is an increase, as I said, in, in, in security threats that are targeted at our users who are currently working from home. Now, that's one part of it. The other part of it is, is that to protect our users from security threats, you need your PC, your laptop, you need it to be kept up to date. Mm-hmm. Um, and sadly, unlike iPhones and dare I even say Apple Macs, Windows devices don't tend to be as easy to update or as user driven as, for instance, our iPhone would. You know, if, mm-hmm. if, if there's a piece of news that comes out tomorrow and it says, oh, iPhone's got a massive security hole, the next thing you see is, is that your iPhone says there's a security update. Please, can you press the button? And you press the button, and 15 minutes later, it's done. Mm-hmm. Protecting Windows PCs is a little bit more involved. IT needs to be involved. We need to test things and make sure that they don't break. And some organizations have still got old versions of Windows out there that are now not supported and not being patched um some of your listeners might be aware of you know this thing windows 7 and windows 10 the latest version of windows is windows 10 and microsoft made a big announcement at the start of this year that older versions of windows like windows 7 is is uh, is no longer going to be supported but there's still tens of millions of devices out there that are still running versions of windows that have not yet been updated and therefore they're not protected and they're not Supported, and if they're not protected and they're not supported, that increases the risk again. So you know, to try and wrap all of that up, what am I talking about? <laughs> Can you I'm, wrap I'm, that all up with a bow? <laughs> yeah, I'll try. I'll try. I think what I'm, I think what I'm saying here is, is that you know, for some organisations, you've now got. I'm going to come out and say it. You've got insecure, difficult to secure devices being run in people's homes that's not protected by the corporate security measures that are vulnerable to an increase in the number of ransomware attacks and you know whether it's 2020 you know university of san francisco whether it is a a, a local government for instance these organizations they're having to spend millions of dollars at times hundreds of thousands if not millions of dollars trying to recover from ransomware attacks or in fact in some cases pay the ransom to try and get their data back and so security is a big problem and when people are working from home it sort of it just makes it even harder That's as simple as it is
0: well and I can't give details on this but I've experienced having ransomware, Issues to deal with, and we'll just leave it at that. And my biggest takeaway from it is I think until you experience something like it, and I'm sure you'll probably agree with me on this, Simon, that you don't necessarily think it's going to happen to you. It's just the way that the human brain works. It's one of those things where it's something, at least you think, oh, that happens to others, but it doesn't happen to me or it doesn't happen to my organization. And you're absolutely right, it is done in an effort to wreak havoc, sometimes it's to get something, sometimes it's to take down a network, take down a system, and to recover from that is really sometimes very tough. And so these security issues that you're talking about are things that I recommend people take very seriously, whether you're an individual or an organization, really try to do your best to make sure that you keep tabs on how These things are evolving. And we would love to get your thoughts too, Simon, just in terms of what security tips you would offer our listeners. I mean, obviously, there's the things like, you know, beware of phishing emails, for example, which sometimes, if you are a discerning reader of emails, ones that have links, that have typos, that don't look quite right when you look at who the sender is. Those are the sorts of things that you need to be very careful of. Is there any other advice you can give our listeners on things that they should look for?
1: Yeah, well, I, th- I think you covered off the most important one there because you know ultimately what we're talking about here more so than anything else is social engineering. And that's how that's how a lot of these attacks work. And sadly, every single one of us has got a, let me call it a weakness, right? Every single one of us has got something going on in our lives right now, right this minute, that if someone was to send you an email on that topic, you immediately would think that it is directly related to what's going on in in your life at the moment. And, you know, There's been quite a few as an example recently of fake emails that have come through that appear that they're coming from Microsoft. They appear that they're about Microsoft Office 365 and they appear that they're trying to help you upgrade your version of Teams to the latest version or give you more storage on your email. Now, again, you know, lots of organizations at the moment, as they had to enable work from home, had to give people access to Office 365 and they had to roll out teams teams before we before we did work from home teams was sort of like one of these technologies that was mm, it's nice to have maybe i'll have it maybe i won't not everyone had heard of zoom now you go around the world and everyone knows what microsoft teams is and everyone knows what microsoft zoom is it's like oh yeah that's the thing that we we talk to each other on now mm-hmm. and so that they they're constantly sort of probing people and using social engineering to do it you know if there's one one bad thing that I've done over the last uh, sort of ten weeks or so is I've probably spent far too much money on Amazon, and um, <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, here comes another Amazon delivery. Uh, what is it this time? Oh, it's a new keyboard? Um, but uh, or a headset or something. And but you know, if someone was to send, you know, I have to be very careful because obviously some of these uh, ransomware emails that you get, you know, they pretend that they're from Amazon, right. and um, there's you know, there would be one weakness to me. And so every, every everybody's got something going on in their life at the moment that they think when they see the email, it might just be linked. You know, holidays, for instance. You know, that would be another that would be another one at the moment, right? Be very careful about people that are claiming to be from your holiday company because there's obviously a lot going on with that at the moment. Anyway, you asked me for a recommendation. I think um, what would I say? Just try and remember that when you sit down and you're reading your emails, you're at work and you need to be focused on reading your emails because it's very, very easy for my two-year-old to wander into my office and sit on my lap and ask me what I'm doing. And all of a sudden (laughs) I've read two or three emails and unknowingly your attention is drawn away from where it should be. And that's probably the time where one of these things is going to, is is going to get you so um but there's lots of there's lots lots and lots of things you can do in terms of you know making sure that you stay up to date raise anything obviously with your i t department make sure that you know your device is where possible or your devices are running the latest version of uh, the operating system that you don't say no to any updates if something wants to do an update you really should you know in line with what it say obviously make sure that those updates are done as as quickly as possible
0: that's great advice and definitely something that people should take to heart don't ignore those notifications to update the software and if an email that you get looks weird it probably means it's weird so don't go clicking on any links
1: you don't um, get anything for free in life, do you? <laughs> that's, that's, no.
0: That's a, and everybody should remember word. that, right? And before they uh, start looking for the free the, the freebie down the street. Yeah. So yeah. just um shifting gears real quick, another thing that we talked about in our last session was homeworking and the setups that we all have had. Some of them obviously we had to put together pretty quickly. You had mentioned spending some money to make sure that your home setup was just right. I mm-hmm. think a number of our listeners out there probably haven't had the opportunity to really take a very close look at what the ergonomics are and and the other aspects of the arrangements that they have for their work from home setup. Do you have any advice for our listeners as to how to develop a setup that will work for them, especially as we're now, well, you know, like we're over a hundred days into COVID and working from home?
1: Yeah, I do. Sadly, most of it uh, includes either spending money or not eating. Um, But, um, you know, what is important is how you sit. If you're going to be spending a huge amount of time at your desk, then obviously how you sit and how you interact with your laptop uh, and uh, your workspaces is is very, very important. Um, So invest in a good chair, if possible, in a desk, if possible, and invest in a completely separate keyboard, mouse and monitor again, if possible. All of those things will help you have a much more healthy experience when you're having to be sat at a workspace for a large amount of time um i can't tell you how many people i've seen sort of like you know you go onto zoom calls and everyone's got these fancy zoom backgrounds on haven't they you know someone's someone looks like they're hovering over the san, Fran- san francisco golden gate bridge and someone else is somewhere else what you realize is when you ask these people to turn those off you suddenly realize that people are sat in their living rooms on their sofa or they're sat in their kitchen mm. or they're sat in the dining room table and you know it's not some, sometimes it's not good you know I've, I've I've actually found employees of mine who have been, I've been like where are you sat and they're like, I'm sat on my sofa in my front living room with my laptop on my legs and I'm crouched over it for 10 9 10 hours a day and I'm like that's not sustainable you can't you know you you can't continue to work like that you know you need to be able to sit upright you need to if possible, try and have you know the machine at eye level, so you're not bent over and crouched over, crouched over the device. If you are going to sort of, um, if you are spending a lot more time at home and you are doing a lot of Zoom calls, etc., then there's a whole host of other things that you can do there. Right? Um, you suddenly get into a world that. of of microphones and cameras and headsets and lighting suddenly Mm -hmm. becomes very important as well. If, if, if communicating with people is your primary function, then it's probably worthwhile spending some money on that. You know, don't use the camera that's in your laptop, have a separate one that is plugged in at a certain height. If you do spend a lot of time on teams, invest in a half decent headset. And if you want to look bright and well, then, um, maybe even invest in some lighting as well. And it's quite phenomenal how much lighting can play a part when you're, when you're doing Zoom calls, etc. But you know, other than that, keep the windows open, put some plants in place, make sure you're getting fresh air, make sure you're taking regular breaks. Uh, we've just moved from doing hour-long meetings on Zoom to doing 45 minutes for the simple fact that it at least gives people 15 minutes before somebody else might come along and try and book you another one. You know, as I as I mentioned in the last episode with you, you know, I've moved from going out and, and, and spending days on my mobile phone now and trying to get away from being sat in front of the computer. You know, if you've got a meeting and you need to talk to somebody, then pick the phone up and talk to them. That's the way we used to do it. Um and just because the world's gone Zoom man doesn't mean to say that we have to do every single call that we do via Zoom. So get out there, use your phone, go for a walk, put your headphones in and and, and talk to people in in that way.
0: Well, and I've actually noticed that. And I think you and I may have discussed that earlier that, you know, there was a time when we did used to do phone calls and we didn't do everything by Zoom. And it seems like now calls that we would have probably pre-COVID never have done by Zoom now are always being done by Zoom. And there's a certain level of, I think, exhaustion, quite frankly, that comes from being on video conference many hours a day. And so I I think that that's really great advice. You've given terrific nuggets of advice in our time together. But I mean, I think that's a really important thing for people to think about that you need a break and just because you're on the phone and not in front of a camera doesn't mean that you're working any less effectively.
1: Even even a simple thing, turn round to you know your business unit or your team members the next time you're talking to them and saying, right, why don't we have a no video conference call Friday. You know, just take a day off. Just say, Do you know what, next Friday no Zoom calls, no Teams calls, just take the day off and If people want to sit and work at their computer, then they can do, but I can tell you that they'll be significantly more productive. Like They'll actually get through all of the emails that they've got to get through. They'll produce that PowerPoint document that they were meant to do three weeks ago. They'll finish that report that they were meant to write because they will be more productive because they don't have any Teams calls or or, or Zoom calls to go to. And if they do need to talk and you do need to talk to them, then use the phone to do it. I've seen a lot of organizations take that approach I you did it many many years ago probably about ten years ago now I, I used to do what was called no email Fridays and I, I used to say to my team I don't want I don't want to be seeing any emails coming into my inbox from any of you guys <laughs> on a Friday and I won't be sending any I said if we need to talk you pick the phone up and and you talk you know we've got all of the we've got thousands of minutes the mobile phone providers they, they give us like 5,000 minutes worth of talk time every month. And, you know, I look at my phone bill and I think I've made like one call in a week. <laughs> so, no, use your phone. It's good for you to an extent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <Use laughs> Everything your, use your, in moderation, right? <laughs> use, yeah. Use, use AirPods. Yeah. Don't put the phone too near your head. It's not good for you. Very
0: funny. <laughs> So in many parts of the world, you and I were talking about this earlier this morning, um, the work from home restrictions are beginning to ease, but that seems to be a day by day, hour by hour development. Um, Mm. And companies are planning for and embarking upon what the post pandemic work environment will look like. So what are the permanent markers that COVID has had with regard to your view, my view, our collective view of the workplace and The future of remote work and what do you think we can do to best prepare ourselves for going forward?
1: Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I think I've worked in the IT industry for almost 20 years and there's been a lot of talk over those years around business continuity and disaster recovery. And when IT talks about business continuity and disaster recovery, what they're normally referring to is, what happens to our data? Where's our data being stored? Is it being stored in the Chicago office, in a data center somewhere? Okay, well, we need to have a disaster recovery plan that if that data center was to go down and it had a power cut or a flood, then where would the data be replicated to? Okay, so our disaster recovery, our DR solution is, is that we'd have another data center just outside of Chicago or in another state or in another place or even in the cloud perhaps so when we've spoken about dr in the past and and protecting ourselves we've really focused on you know the office the data center the data the network the infrastructure all of those big expensive things that it looks after but we've never had to really look at the user and what covid has done and and, and the the fact that we've had to implement shelter from home it's basically asked that question is like what's your disaster recovery and business continuity plan for your employees it's you know what if your employees can't get into the office what happens if they can't get in so we need to we need to prepare ourselves slightly better than some organizations had done this time around to make sure that if this was to happen again we can adapt uh, significantly quicker faster with less cost and it almost just becomes normal So you may well think what I'm referring to there is, okay, well, Simon, you're just saying that we all need to go away and look at our business continuity plans and make sure that we can do a work from home again in the future. I'm not actually saying that. What I'm suggesting is is that what I think this pandemic is going to teach us is that people do not need to go to work to get work done and that going to work, while we'll have some benefits – the office that you go to might just be one of the places in the future that you go to get your work done. And any solution from this point forward should really look at how it can accommodate mobile working and deliver the best security, the best performance, uh, and the best way of allowing our employees to continue to be productive regardless of where they are. Because what's going to happen in the next couple of weeks or has happened in the in the past few weeks. Germany, as an example, mm-hmm. gone back to work. UK, twenty percent of the twenty percent of the country has started to go back to work. But most, if you can work from home, you can continue to work from home. America, different states, some are opening up, some are locking down. The truth is, is it's not. We're not just going to get to a day and everyone goes. Oh, we can all go back to work and everything goes back to normal this is going to be a way of life for a very, very long time. Even if we do go back to the office, we're going to go back to the office in, 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 in in groups, right? So, you know, I might be part of the team that, you know the red team that goes in on week one and week three and then there may be somebody else that's part of a different colored team that only goes back into the office on week two and week four or i might go in for three days a week and deliberately have to work from home from the other two to allow other people to go into the office we don't know yet how quickly we're going to return to work we don't know whether we're going to return to work and then there's going to be another outbreak and it might be a local lockdown so then we have to go back to work from home again I think you get the picture. Yes. The point being is... is um, a lot of uncertainty. <laughs> there's, there's a lot... Great word. Great, great word. Is probably... Yeah, That that is the word. It's a lot of uncertainty. And with uncertainty doesn't... The uncertainty doesn't require a work from home strategy. The uncertainty requires a mobile work strategy.
0: So given the uncertainty and what I would say, the disruption that our global environment has engendered over the past few months. What is next for your company? I mean, obviously this is an area that is of critical importance to your organization. This is your sweet spot is helping people do exactly what they've needed to do in order to be able to work effectively. What do you think is next for your company and for you professionally, given where we are now and how this whole global issue and global pandemic has evolved?
1: Yeah. So IGEL I, I creates an operating system that employees would run on their PC or, or, or on their laptop. And that operating system is very different to the traditional Windows operating system that they would run. So instead of running Windows, you run the IGEL operating system. And it's significantly more secure it's a lot easier to manage particularly when it's been what well, you know it's remote and it's at home and it allows you to connect into your business applications and your windows desktops and all the applications that you need when they're being hosted in the cloud and so i gel along with this new way of deploying windows from the cloud called desktop as a service is changing how organizations deploy IT instead of giving everybody PCs and saying hey there's your PC you're going to go and run that for the next three years they're looking at things differently they're saying nope we're going to put your all of the applications that we need as a business are going to go into these Windows desktops that are going to be run from the Microsoft cloud and they're going to be pushed out to you and you're going to access them from these IGEL devices that are out there and typically people have been doing this for the last 10, 15, 20 years but it's only made up about 15% of the market and people have been doing it because they believed that it was a cheaper way of deploying uh, IT. It might have been deemed that it was needed because it was more secure. It might have been needed because uh, an organization was consistently acquiring new companies and it was the quickest way of bringing on companies that were acquired. But what you've now seen in the last hundred days or so, thanks to people needing to work from home is a significant increase in organizations looking at this. And so, you know, we've had a, a tailwind, if you like, behind us because of what's been going on and because people need to offer and, and, and plan for the future to allow people to be more mobile. More and more people are now looking at desktop as a service and therefore IGEL um, which sort of like is 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 one of the key ingredients in the mix to making a lot of this happen, and so for us, you know we need to spend a huge amount of time now helping organizations understand the quickest and the cheapest way of moving to 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 that new solution, and how, for instance, our technology but also technology from Microsoft and Citrix and VMware and some of these other other technologies that are out there, how we can allow them to do that um, in the most cost-effective way.
0: Well, there's so much that is yet to evolve and emerge. And I look forward to having you back on the show again in the coming weeks so we can keep an eye on this and continue our conversation about how things continue to evolve. Our time is up, unfortunately. Do you have any final thoughts for our, our listeners, how would you like to wrap it up with a bow, so to speak? And where can our listeners find you? We'll
1: wrap it up in a bow. Um you can find <laughs> me. Um, you can find It'll me. That would be on my LinkedIn. new phrase
0: with uh, you know, that 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 has emerged in this episode as 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 my catchphrase, wrapping it up with a bow.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think that's just a polite way of telling the 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 brit just that he's been going on too long no no no
0: no no no, 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 i I think i think you've been amazing you've been amazing (laughs) given us (laughs) a lot to think about and 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 these are important issues that we're talking about
1: yeah so uh, you know on that point i think a lot of this can go quite wide and it also can go quite deep and so um we may well have darted about a bit and i've obviously got a, a load more that i could share with your listeners if they're interested but you know ultimately what we are talking about here is is that you know we are having to work from home at the moment the future is uncertain the future is not work from home the future is mobile working there are technologies out there right now very large organizations are now using that can enable this new way of working and in fact those organizations that were already using this technology before covid and before shelter in place came along they actually are adapted significantly quicker. So, you know, if there's anybody out there that's interested in knowing more around the benefits of desktop as a service, or how iGel plays part, then you can go to iGel.com. Um, you can follow me on Twitter or LinkedIn, and obviously get in touch. And we'd be more than happy to talk to you about how we can enable mobile working and, and disrupt how we deliver the workspaces of, of the future to, to deal with whatever that new norm may well be.
0: Simon, it's been amazing chatting with you. I've really enjoyed our conversation and you've, you've given us so much to think about really looking forward to continuing our conversation.
1: No, thank you. I do. um, I do appreciate your time. Thank you to all the listeners that have uh, stayed tuned in and um, I'd love to do something again with you uh, in the near future.
0: Sounds great. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Paradigm Shift. We hope that you've enjoyed our conversation with Simon Townsend. We hope that you will join us for next week's interview. I'm your host, Christina Martini. Please look for our weekly episodes every Tuesday. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Please visit us at www.paradigmshiftshow.com. We would love to hear from you. Please look for new episodes of Paradigm Shift every Tuesday.